Amyakuvoicht, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I hope to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about data extortion. We're chatting about how ransomware works, what data exfiltration is, and how what you need to do in order to protect your data. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to stop data extortion before it stops you. I'm joined by Ag Zenios, Solution Architect and Subject Matter Expert from Mastic. Ag, welcome. Thank you. So nice to be here. So nice to see uh, how everything works on the back end. Lovely people. So thank you for having me. I'm a big fan. So we always um, start the show by just giving us a little bit of background about uh, how did you end up in, in the hot seat? How did I end up in the hot seat? Well, I've, I've been a cyber um, SOC engineer for quite some time uh, and I specialized in security. And uh, very, very quickly, I kind of realized that humans don't really do security well. Um, there's certain things that humans are good at, um, and analysis is one of them, but being preventative is not something that we like good at. And computers are just better at it. So I took my base knowledge and my skill set, and I just kind of focused it into technology, seeing what technologies we can bring into environments to keep environments safe and to keep environments more productive. And how many years have you been at it? In security, over 12. Okay. Specifically in security. In infrastructure and networking, over 20. Okay. You know, I'm a, I'm so a bit of I an old goat. A couple of days around the block here. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm one, I'm one of the older guys uh, whenever I'm sitting at a table, which is cool because, you know, technology is run by the young, youngsters. And then when they figure out how old I am, then they're like, hey, who's this guy? <laughs> but I mean, like what we were talking about now, you know, it just goes into cycles. You know? Absolutely. Like, like uh, these Absolutely. fashion like fashion cycles, technology have cycles, and we, we reinvent the same wheel over and over. Yeah. So, um, so I want to jump sort of straight into it. And, and normally I'd, I'd ask what ransomware is, but uh, we, we've had sort of some of those discussions on the show before. Mm-hmm. What we haven't done and what we haven't spoken about is sort of how to make it real for a customer. So what would you, how would you explain a ransomware incident or event sort of start to finish? Um, how, how does it work? Okay. How does it happen? And, and what's the end result for the, let's call it the victim? Okay. So primarily, it is it, it, nine times out of ten, it's about a user interacting with something that they are not aware of. So it's surfing an, in, an internet website, clicking on a link, opening up an email. Okay, um, that's that's generally our weakest link. Our second issue is that traditionally companies would build this like bastion around the network the users. They would build um, an edge firewall and intrusion detection systems and email security appliances and web security appliances. And the object of the exercise was to filter the traffic from user to internet or from user to server. And that's still a strategy that we utilize. But the reality is that we're all mobile. The reality is that we're connecting from a hundred different places. I mean, I came here, I connected here. I'm on a phone. I didn't bring my firewall with me. I didn't bring anything with me. I just connected on my phone. I connected on my tablet. How do I know this network is secure? What happens if I surf this network and I get redirected to a link that potentially could give me an application either in a fileless manner or in a file manner where I interact with it that could compromise my system? So 
in essence, it always starts with the user. The attacks also getting very, very sophisticated. Now, I just, I just yeah. want to interrupt you there. If we, if we put that now in, in um, simple terms, so we're talking about Susie sitting in accounting, receiving an email. It looks like some legitimate thing that she subscribed to Absolutely. either either uh, I don't want to use the the banking example because that's Fishing, easy. Yeah. But uh, let's say, for example, it looks like it's. It came from a netting club and it says click on this link to see photos of new things and uh, boof, what happens then? Well, straight away, she gets redirected to a site that probably looks exactly like her netting club site, like a clone site. And in, in that instance, she could receive a package or she could interact with that specific site. Once that has happened, okay, that's a bar communication channel. That malware, whatever that malware is, it could be a virus, it could be adware, it could be spyware, or it could be that, you know, ransomware concept where at a certain point in time, your computer will interact, download an encryption key, and then lock you out of your own um, uh, material, you know, lock you out of your own drive and give you a pay 500 Bitcoin, you know, or 500 Rand with a Bitcoin or 5,000 Rand with a Bitcoin. The problem now is that what we're seeing is a very worrying trend is that the ransomware is changing very, very rapidly. And even compliance doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get your data back. We, we're seeing a very worrying trend where once you're encrypted with ransomware, it's a, you know, 70, 30 chance that you might get your material back if you pay the fine. So a lot of businesses now, even when they pay the fine, don't get their material back or Six months down the line, they haven't cleared the first incident. Six months down the line, they get hammered again because the ransomware has spread and been hidden laterally in their in their environment. So it's a real, real big problem. So, so and and that the, the the mechanism of the ransomware that you explained now, I assume that's come about because of the firewalls and the web filters and all that type of stuff. Those bad people have now had to find a different way to get inside into the network. Yeah, and 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 we are outside of those perimeter defenses a lot of the time. You know, like the, the, there's a reason why we built those bastions around our network is yeah. to is to keep ourselves safe. It's like you know, in your house you've got your your doors and your burglar bars, and you know you're you're safe, reasonably safe inside. Yeah. As soon as you're outside, though, that's a different story. Um, and you know, we we, we it amazes me that people will. Look at their laptop and they'll go, oh, I'll put something on my laptop to protect me from. But they won't look at their phone. They yeah. won't look at their tablet. And I'd rather have 10 minutes on your phone <laughs> because that's a lot more interesting for a nefarious or an attacker than have 10 minutes on your laptop. And that's actually fascinating because, I mean, that's that's part of the the evolution of where it goes is, is we're so dependent on the phones that that's probably where, where the most of the – the juicy stuff uh, Absolutely. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> um, in this case, if if I have antivirus running on my PC or my phone, well, surely that will then protect me? Well, this is the thing. Antivirus is a little bit of an antiquated strategy. I'm not saying it's a bad strategy. It's a still a required strategy, but it's antiquated. The reason being is that with antivirus, a lot of the antivirus engines are looking for things that they already know. And in modern... Um, in the modern landscape, in the modern threatscape, there's a lot of what we call zero-day attacks. So they, they take an attack and they change it subtly and the antivirus doesn't pick it up. 
Antivirus is also a little bit of a reactive strategy. So it's almost like a false sense of security. Correct. We yeah. call it that. Yeah. So now we've got now we're in that space of EDR, endpoint detection and reaction in real time through automation. And for that, you need AI and machine learning. And we're in the space of ADX, which is anti-data exfiltration. And we're in the space of DLP, which is data loss prevention. So the threats that we see, there's no such thing as like one product or one category of product is going to solve our problems. We often have to have two or three different products in our security stack. And it, it doesn't matter how big your business is. You can be five users, 500 users, or 5,000 users. You actually have to have quite a diverse strategy. It's so critical what you're saying now. Um, I mean, we, we, in, in my catalytic world, we have this conversation virtually every day with customers and the amount of misinformation that's out there. I mean, there's literally customers that believe, obviously because of somebody that sold them a solution, <laughs> that if I have this kind of, this brand or kind of antivirus on my, uh, PC or laptop or tablet, I'll be safe. Or if I have this kind of firewall, and um, and I think the the most difficult thing for businesses to keep up to date with is is how fast this environment's changing. You know, so like you say, like um, w- w- there, there is still this antiquated belief: as long as you have your antivirus and you're scanning <laughs> your PC on a daily basis, you sort it. There's a reason why Windows is giving it away for free. Yeah, because it's not as effective as it used to be. You know. Okay, that's um, actually well. That's actually yeah. a valid point. Um, so you you mentioned our um, data exfiltration. What what does that mean? Okay, well that 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 can happen in in different in different ways. So let's say um, the human resource department has got a a folder on a share somewhere. Um, you could get an insider who just you know copies that data or copies it to a drive and sends it out. Now that that is an insider threat that is an active exfiltration. If it's done covertly, low and slow, what we call, very difficult to pick up, even though you might be in a perimeter-based network. But there's other there, there's other forms of data exfiltration as well. So a lot of people, when they think about data exfiltration, that's their first go-to. Like, you know, every single company has got something that's very, very important to them. And um, it might be a database. It might be a, a, a file share. You know, we want to try and keep that protected. But data exfiltration can happen in your browser history. Data exfiltration can happen in files that you have stored on your computer. Data exfiltration can happen by you just connecting to um, addresses or, or, or web sites that you're not actually aware that you're connecting. And channels get opened and then scripts get start running on your machine and they start looking for things that are interesting. Like think about the interesting stuff that you've got on your phone. Think about the interesting stuff that you've got on your, on your tablet. You know, how are you protecting that? Are you protecting that? Nine times out of ten people don't. You know, they go, oh, I'm going to store my data on the cloud. Okay. All right. Cool. Whose cloud is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, what, what is your strategy in play there? You, you, you have to think about that. And like you say, the, the phone, it's such a, it's such an anomaly in terms of the way in, in how we approach it because like you say, you know, if it's a PC or a, or a laptop, we understand that we need to have some form of security on it, but the phone is like, oh, but, but surely, uh, surely Apple or Samsung or somebody is going to take care of that. Who's read those terms and conditions before they install the free game or before they click and say just in, from the app store, from the Google play store, just install, 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 install. And then they're like, oh my word, 
you know, all of my PII, my personal information is on the web, you know, and my ID numbers on the web. And it's, you know, a lot of the time in, if you, if you go through those contracts and you see the amount of stuff that you are seeding when you accept that application, yeah, it, it's scary. They profile you. And that, they same, track your do- and that same phone comes into your Correct. work environment. Exactly. They track your geolocation. They profile you. They're sending, you're sending analytics to them constantly. Um, you're connecting and you're accepting ads, you know, like you, you, you're utilizing bandwidth, just like playing a silly game. You just, you, you know, and those ads could potentially be infected. So, yeah, you know, uh, people are, are the, the technology is awesome. But people don't use the technology correctly. Yeah. And now what happens is exactly what you just said. That phone comes into the environment and bypasses all of those bastions that we built around the network. And then the castle falls from within because it spreads laterally across the network. So like you and I are using the same access point or you and I are connected to the same switch or our computers, you know, are now communicating and that malware starts to spread. And depending on the sophistication of the attack, it's very, very difficult to find. And, and, um, am I right in saying that when you look at ransomware, ransomware is, um, like you say, somehow, somehow, uh, these nefarious actors get into your, into your, call it into your data network. And at some point in time, they're going to drive it to where they're going to, they're going to try either lock you out of your data or, or get ransom and then say, listen, you need to pay me X amount, uh, in order for me to unlock your data. From an exfiltration perspective, I almost have the perception because to me it's a it's a sort of a newish term. Mm, mm. Um, uh, it almost uh, gives me the the idea that they're just going to try and sit there and just keep on extracting as much low and slow. You know what 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 I find in a lot of the case studies is the data is exfiltrated first and then they are locked out of it. Okay, and if it's if it's not picked up quickly enough. The ransomware is spread across the network so that they can come back in. So it's not, it's not like, Oh, I've got ransomware. A lot of the times like, Oh, I've got ransomware, but you know what? I've lost my data already. So yeah, you're actually worrying about the, yeah. the, you're worrying about, you've got a delayed worry reaction. Correct. It's like, it's like in, 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 especially it's, it's about the sophistication of the attack and who's attacking you, you know? Um, sometimes it's just the ransomware, but often by the time that, Lockout screen happens. Your data's gone. gone. It's already gone. And they've already written themselves in different locales. And you can pay that ransomware in six months to a year or, you know, if, if you, if you haven't had a decent incident response team clean that network, and that's a lot of money, you know, because, you know, those response, you, you, you can't just clean the machine. You've actually now got to like filter through everything. Your whole security strategy in many instances has to change. You know, you've got to change RPs. You've got to change. Rules, you know, it, it's a big job recovering from an incident. You know, people think, well, I just, you know, format my PC. Uh, yeah, but what about if it's gone somewhere else? Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Uh, somewhere come, uh, download back from the cloud yeah. or, um, so, okay, so let's, uh, let's be a little bit more controversial. So in, in your opinion, in terms of what you're coming across on a, on a daily basis, how serious are, are, South African businesses taking this. And I, and I specifically want to go back to your comment that you, which, which was spot on for me. It doesn't matter how big your business is. Mm. Cause, cause I think one of the, the, um, mentality anomalies that we have, if I can call it that, 
is, yeah, but I'm a little five-man accounting <laughs> business. Why why is somebody going to try and hack me? Surely there's, there's guys with deeper pockets out on the, on the internet. So how seriously are, are we taking this? You, you know that um, Afrikaans um, saying, biki biki makbaya? Yeah. These guys will take from anyone now. They, 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 it used to be that it was just the high profile, big businesses that would, you know, get targeted by rogue governments and professionals hacking syndicates and that. And now they've, they've weaponized it and they've automated it. So, you know, our, our illusion of, of a hack is this like kid with a skateboard and a hoodie. And, you know, he's like sitting there and some, some country in, 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 you know, um, Eastern Europe hacking you. And that's not really how it happens. These are automated attacks. A lot of it is automated. So they don't care. If you've got five users or 5,000 users, I mean, they, they, they would prefer the 5,000 users because a lot more data means there's a lot more to sift through. There's probably a lot more value in that space. But you know what? There's, I, I had a customer who is a five person law firm. Do you think that they don't have sensitive data? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a business that does with five lawyers does a huge turnover and they've got very sensitive data. And that, that, uh, for those five people, that, call it that little bit of data is probably worth a lot more than for the 5,000 user. Correct. And they've, and they've so got. Are we taking you know, it seriously enough? No, no. I think that a lot of, a lot of, especially in the SMB market, they, A, they don't have the cybersecurity skills. It's very, very difficult to maintain talent right now. You know, the, the world is changing and people are moving jobs very, very quickly. Um, cyber skills are highly sought after. Uh, because they're difficult to attain. So, uh, and, and a lot of companies now are, I don't even want to say, um, lean and mean. I, I want to say thin and angry when it comes to the IT budgets and the IT departments, yeah. you know. So traditionally we, we had the guy that did storage and the guy that did applications and the guy that did servers, you know. Now all of a sudden it's like one guy's got to do everything. It's like a, you know, like a generalist IT person. And then they don't necessarily have those skill sets to look after these small, medium businesses. The banks, you know, they've got a different type of environment. They've yeah. got 24 seven, three, six, five SOC support because that's a network that makes money. You know, every yeah. time you withdraw, they make every time you deposit, they make. So, so, so those kind of industri- industries or environments are, di- are different, but a small little business who's got a support firm logs tickets doesn't necessarily have the budget or the money to have a cybersecurity analyst or a or, or a cyber product that should look after their infrastructure correctly and and could and this is where the technology has stepped up there are products out there that go okay we'll give security to you as a service we'll give it to you as a service obviously you pay for it i mean i'm not going to give yeah. it to you for nothing yeah. and depending on the level of security that you want we'll attach the services that are you know Specified in that, in that, in, in that exchange that you require. Yeah. So, as the attacks have become more prolific and more sophisticated, so have the products, which is a good thing. Yes. Okay. But small medium business needs to be aware that, that there is a solution to this. It's not just all doom and gloom. So, so, so to me, um, uh, we we always refer to to the IT guy. You know, sure. Yeah. You, you, you had a the generalist. Yeah, the yeah. generalist. Yeah. We just call it the IT guy. Yeah. He does everything. Makes uh, wind and makes and, coffee. Washes windows. And and I think often, specifically, if they uh, uh, deliver service on an outsourced basis to to a business, mm. um, you know, they know what they know. They don't know what they don't know. Correct. 
and and um, what I see with with some customers is um, almost this abdication of if I'm the owner of the business, uh, I'm not saying yeah, but you know. Uh, Pete looks after my IT. I know nothing about technology, you know, like, oh, but uh, actually you can't abdicate it. You, you have to say the same way as you scrutinizing your accounts with your outsourced auditor, the same way you have to say, okay, maybe I need to get a bit of a different view on it or, or, or do a different check and balance. It's, it's almost like, um, you, you, um, you know, maybe they, they veering away from the, from the uncomfortable truth that might come out of it. Ignorance is no defense. You know, you, you can't be ignorant about this because it's going to affect your business. You know, and if you, if you look at every single course that is offered by these MBA guys and, you know, like just, just, um, stuff that was, is not necessarily in the tech field. You see that there's always a cybersecurity element to whatever, whatever training or whatever learning you're doing in this current landscape. It doesn't matter if you want to be a marketing guy or if you want to be an account guy. At some point in time, you're going to interact with technology and you need to have an understanding. And and it's important that you go to a trusted vendor, a trusted distributor, a trusted reseller, a trusted partner. You can have those conversations. And this is what you know we do at Mustek mm. uh, because we're the largest distributor in South Africa. We have clients that buy one laptop and we've got clients that buy 10,000 laptops. You know, and, and we're in that very unique space where we can advise them and say, listen, what is your strategy on assets? What is your strategy on data exfiltration? What is your strategy on cybersecurity? This is, you know, I often have to say some, maybe something on our stack doesn't suit your requirement. Look at something else, mm. you know, but it's, it, it's almost to me like, you know, if you if you if you have flu, you go to your GP. But uh, if there's something wrong with your, I don't know, your leg or whatever, you know, you need to go to a specialist. So to me, it's almost like that. So you have to get into the mindset of, of I almost want to say, asking for a second opinion. Absolutely. Um, I just want to come back to the ransomwareness data data exfiltration. Um, why does it seem so hard to detect? Never mind the prevention component. Um, well, is, some, is it because the, the systems isn't geared to look for it or? No, there's something called covert channels. You know, they can open up channels that your firewall is not aware of and they can, or they can bypass your firewall completely. They can break things up and send them, send packets of information through legitimate channels as well. So unless you've got someone on that firewall, like constantly monitoring and seeing an anomaly, because sometimes the firewall will flag it, sometimes it won't. You know, it depends. I mean, mm. there's a lot of businesses that bought a firewall five years ago. I'm like, you know what? That's a bit dated. A lot of businesses that don't even have a firewall. They've got, they've still got, they're using like old access lists on their, on their edge router. Um, so, 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 so the, the landscape is changing consistently. And, and this is why, um, security as service is quite important because the guys that are offering, well, the, 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 the companies that are offering these services, um, you know, on, on our stack, we've got Black Fog. Okay. As an, ex- an, an anti-exfiltration agent. You're, you're paying for their research and development in essence. So, so, so if we talk about that as an example, what would, what would that solution do differently from what a traditional firewall okay. would do? Okay. So a traditional firewall, you teach it. Okay. It's, it comes with standard settings and, and generally when you set it up for the first time, it denies everything. And then you go and you like create, you know, custom entries. Um, and that, uh, that monitors stateless or stateful traffic and, you know, permits or denies. 
based on and, and what to me it's, it's that's more more focused on on the traffic trying to get into the in, network yeah, yeah. yeah not traffic trying to get out and this and this is where exfiltration is is interesting because it's always leaving okay now what black fog when i got involved with with black fog about 2 years ago i was like reviewing the product and you know for me I came from a Cisco background. I came from a Microsoft background. I've seen a lot of different security products and I'm like much of the muchness, you know, this is, this product does the same thing. And I was quite like taken aback that it doesn't. It's got a little bit of a new spin on things. It's, it's attitude is assume that the device that you're on that's running black fog is compromised. Okay. Assume that it is compromised. Let's learn what that device should be doing. So let's like look at Yaku's um, laptop or phone and identify legitimate transactions let's be explicit in allowing those transactions and and denying everything else and let's do that 24 7 365 regardless of what network you're on regardless of where you are physically and regardless what perimeter infrastructure you're using so so if i can interpret that in my words then if i happen to have clicked on some other netting link Stops, something stops on your device. Something came onto my. Won't even open that channel. Won't even. Won't even open that channel because it'll see it as an indicator of compromise, an indicator of lateral movement, an indicator of, of attack. It'll it'll see it as an illegitimate connection, and it'll stop it on your machine locally. And and that, in essence, there's not a lot of products that do that. Um, you know, we I don't. I, I I always look at what a customer has, and then I say to them, look. Let's see what we can add to that environment or what we can remove from that environment, like an older technology, because it's not always about adding. You know, you don't want to be just constantly adding to the stack. What is working? What is not working? Let's look at the war cards. Let's look at the trends. Let's go on, like, let's, let's do a POC, a PO, a, a, a proof of concept or a proof of value. Let's see what we can see with different products and let's compare them and make a decision from there. And so, so, and and I, I assume if, for whatever reason, historically, ransomware somehow came into your network, and it's now trying to initiate outbound traffic without with without incoming sessions or whatever. That's the type of anomaly in behavior that correct, yeah. that you're looking for. That's that's what the engine looks for. Yeah, correct. So any channels or anything that it hasn't explicitly been told is legitimate, and this is the power of. It's like don't trust anyone. Be explicit in your connections. I, I wanted to say now, and I assume also where you're connecting to. Correct. Geolocations, um, you know, uh, uh, IP reputational spaces that are, are monitored and maintained by all of the vendors. Because, you know, cybersecurity doesn't happen from one engine. Like all of the big guys utilize a protocol called Taxi, and they, they keep on updating each other. Like Sophos will update Cisco, and Cisco will update Microsoft. You know, it's it's a... There's no way that one security team can look after the whole internet. No. So, so they're constantly exchanging information. They, they, they start seeing the new attacks. I mean, we, we're kind of lucky in South Africa because the attacks generally go first world, second world, third world. <laughs> and so, so we get them a little bit later, but we, we get them. And currently we're on the top five list of hacked countries. And the reason, I mean, you just have to open the newspaper to see. I don't want to mention names on the podcast because, you know, but you know that government gets hit yeah, all the time. You know that the big businesses get hit all the time. And nine times out of ten, when they do the analysis and they trace back, it's users. It's users. Or it's bad. It's bad policy. 
I actually, I actually said this morning, uh, one of my first concepts that I learned in the IT industry is, is uh, the, the, the problem called picnic. <laughs> problem, problem in chair, not in computer. Yeah. So, um, so I think with all of that in mind, um, you know, we always, we always try and, and sort of make it real and give people a, a next step. So if, if I was my little five-man law firm s- sat and listened to this and, and I, I know nothing about technology, I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm a, law, a law firm. Sure. And it, it resonated what you said now. Where, where do I start? Well, I'll give you the example because I, I was just busy working with it. So I, I went there and I said, okay, guys, what is, your, what is your problem? Your problem is data loss, okay? And your problem is preventative measure. So you, you, you've got stuff somewhere that we need to classify and we need to categorize and we need to make sure that only certain applications and certain um, users under certain conditional under certain conditions of access have got access to that's one problem okay and the second problem is when you're outside your environment and you're utilizing your tablet or your phone or just a public you know public access public wifi we want to protect you. So, so we, we're having different conversations and, and the customer has to tell us and we have to engage with the customer to understand what their environment is about because it's, it, it is unique. So, so the law firm, um, that, that we were working with, it was not one problem. It was actually two different problems. It was a problem with the devices. It was a problem with DLP and it was a problem with compliance, you know. So we had to like, so- Utilize different products. So it's, it's almost strategies. like, uh, um, it's almost for me, the starting point is, is understanding what, uh, important data is that you want to protect. Correct. And then building Where a, is it? Who's got access to it? What applications have got access to it? And classifying it and then locking it down, restricting that Yaku can only have access to those attachments or that folder when he's on the corporate laptop. Okay. But when he's on his phone, he can't. Yeah. And that's a very, you know, that's, you know, we, we love being able to access everything from every, everywhere, but that's the problem. Knowing what devices are allowed on the network, asset management, very, very big, big, like often companies don't even know what devices are on the network. Mm. You know, devices that people just join, you know, they just, they just join the network. So knowing what is currently in the asset inventory. Knowing where the data is, knowing who's got access to the data. And this is why all the companies globally now are just scrambling to get ISO numbers and, you know, to, to follow best practices and to apply frameworks because we all want to work remotely. No one wants to go into the office. We all want to be able to look from our phone, from our tablet, you know, we, but the reality is that it's, it's, it's a big, big space and it's difficult to secure. So we have to. Go to the specialists and go to the, the, the experts because you, you're a lawyer. <laughs> you do law. I'm an IT security guy. That's what I do. So, you know, I'm not going to phone me <laughs> when I'm in trouble with the cops. You know, <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I'm going to phone you and, 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 and they're going to phone me. And to me, that's the, I think that's maybe the most simplistic message that we can then get is, is get a specialist. To just come and give you a view of what uh, what your environment looks like. Correct. It can it can never hurt. No. The worst case scenario is you can get peace of mind and say everything's hundred percent. But uh, I think we can all acknowledge that there is not one environment in the world like that. And and anyone who sells a solution that this is going to stop hundred, it's it's impossible. I mean, when the CIA are getting hacked and when the White House is getting hacked, 
you know, I mean, the, those are those are big infrastructures, and they're looked after by serious players. There's no way that you and I are going to be able to do anything against it. All we can do is react quickly and build layers of defense in our stack, so that if it happens, it's not because it was ignorance. And that we can move fast. And we, we can, can move, move fast. Yeah. You know, and and we can mitigate how how much was taken and how quick it was. Yeah. Max, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions in your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And um, if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please visit catalytic.co.za. Cliffcentral.com